Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez at NPR West in Culver City. More than two dozen Stanford students are on the fourth day of a sit-in to demand university support for Palestinians. KQED's Sarah Hosseini reports. It started with one student and a lone tent erected in the free speech zone known as White Plaza on Friday as the siege on Gaza intensified. One by one, other students joined in, staying overnight and sitting between classes. They want the school to call for a ceasefire in Gaza, divest from Israel, and provide resources to Palestinian students. Undergrad Alicia Magaliage Service says she'll stay as long as it takes. An institution like Stanford has so many resources, has a lot of power in like eyes of the American people. And yeah, I just don't think we should be involved in fueling any kind of war machine. Stanford has not responded to a request for comment. That was KQED reporter Sarah Hosseini. Last week, Governor Gavin Newsom authorized $30 million in new spending to increase security and police protection at mosques, synagogues, and other houses of worship. It's an example of how war in the Middle East has increased fears about safety within California's Jewish and Muslim communities. So what's that anxiety like at one house of worship? To find out, we reached out to Dr. Alex Leachman, a physician and president of the board at Congregation B'nai David in Visalia. It's a synagogue in a part of California with a tiny Jewish population, and that makes people there feel especially vulnerable. I started by asking Leachman how his congregation is feeling right now. You know, certainly we feel scared. This has left us shaken. We are increasing the security on our campus, including fencing, internet, cameras, guards, when when we have congregants on campus. We're going to keep our heads low this time and see what happens. You reference keeping your heads low. What does that mean? Um, we're going to continue to do you know what we do within our communities, Friday night services, holiday celebrations, those kinds of things. But we're locking doors and we're locking our gates instead of keeping things open. And, and um, we're, we're just going to, like I said, lay low, not, not publicize, not provide events out into the public. And can I assume that you feel vulnerable in a way that maybe larger Jewish communities in California, like in L.A. or the Bay Area, don't? Do I have that right? I think everyone is a little on edge, and as, as they have rights to be. Um, but there are so many more targets in the L.A. and, and Bay areas, you know, that each individual one potentially might be less, whereas we're really it. Uh, there isn't another Jewish target, if you would. And so I, I think 
there's a certain vulnerability with that and there's a certain sense of fear, I think, that goes with that. And as you look at the bloodshed happening thousands of miles away in Israel and Gaza, do you have any thoughts you want to share? We weep for the innocents on both sides. Um, it's it's it, the human tragedy of this is um, so enormous and unfortunately will only continue to grow. You know, we're all thinking about the people who have lost their lives and, and we'd obviously like this to end as quickly as possible. And, and that's really where our prayers are now, I think, is is that out of this disaster can hopefully come something that brings us closer to a peaceful solution. All right. We have been talking to Dr. Alex Leachman, president of Congregation B'nai David in Visalia. Doctor, thanks for joining us on the California Report. You're very welcome, Saul. I appreciate the opportunity. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Later this morning, the Fresno Teachers Association will announce the results of a strike vote. Teachers have been at odds with the district over a number of issues, including pay, reducing class sizes, and health care. Manuel Bonilla is the president of the Fresno Teachers Association. He spoke with ABC 30 in Fresno. If our uh, educators have authorized a strike, there will be a determination as to a date. The state's third largest school district has been preparing for weeks for the possibility that teachers could walk out. District spokesperson Nikki Henry tells ABC 30 both sides are still willing to talk to try to come to a deal. It's a very complex issue with a lot of different areas that we need to take into consideration. Number one, cost um, when it comes to salaries, but also cost when it comes to facilities. Fresno Unified says it's already prepared for a strike with more than 2,000 substitute teachers on standby. And have you ever wondered just how many mountain lions live in California? Well, researchers now have an estimate. In Sacramento, Cap Radio's Manola Sakaida has more. The last time researchers guessed at the state's mountain lion population was in the 80s. Now, decades later, new research tells us there's about 4,500 mountain lions in California. Justin Dellinger is a large carnivore biologist who led this research. He says this estimate helps researchers understand the health of mountain lions overall. Ideally, this serves as a baseline and say every five to 10 years, you update it so that you can look at things like the trend in the population. Is it stable? Is it increasing, decreasing? He says one area of concern for researchers involves mountain lions in Southern California. Roads and other human structures have limited their ability to roam and caused inbreeding, which could eventually lead to a decline in their numbers. 
But Dellinger says his research suggests there hasn't been a steep population decline in the area just yet. We still need to actively be working to restore connectivity in Southern California right now. But the densities and survival rates and things like that are showing us that they do have some time. He says it's important to add structures like wildlife bridges to major roads so mountain lions and other animals can cross safely. For The California Report, I'm Anola Sakaita in Sacramento. And that, listeners, is the California Report for Tuesday, October 24th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez, at NPR West in Culver City today. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com slash CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. The Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved children and youth. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery on the web at schmidtocean.org. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.